the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. You're very welcome back to the hard shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until seven o'clock this evening. I'm delighted to say that Mary Byrne is with me for the Thursday interview this week. Uh, Mary, you're very welcome to the show. It's great to talk to you. Great to be here. What were you just saying about someone who didn't drop you in a coffee? That Alex fella, I'm going to smash his face in. Oh now. my God. Not even a cup of oh coffee did I get. Oh my God. Oh my God. I think that's a COVID thing maybe or something. It is, yes. It's was definitely that what COVID. that we'll put thing. it down to? It's just, just jesting, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're in good form? Yeah, I'm in good form now. I mean, I've had a, I've had a bad time. Uh, I've been in the longest tunnel that I've ever been in in my life and I could see the light but I couldn't reach it but I'm just about there now, yeah. And is that COVID related? It would be COVID related but it would also be that I suffer with depression in any way so I had a hard time uh, once work closed down and kind of lost contact with my friends couldn't go around to them Um, and then of course you know you're sitting at home and you open up a bottle of wine and that doesn't do good when you're on medication so the answer wasn't in the end of the bottle, and and uh, like I came over, I came over. I'm 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 on the I'm on the right road. Still yeah. have me moments of darkness, but you know, what can you do? Did was that an immediate thing from March last year when everything shut down? That I suppose that that the darkness descended, or did it take time to build up? No, I mean in February when when we first were told we wouldn't be working, uh, I started to do walking. I lost two and a half stone. It was about three or four months and two and a half stone had walked off me which was brilliant and my mind was in a great place and mm. we did like all of us we thought it was going to be a short lockdown um, I think as it went on and then you were hearing of more people dying and and then you were being told there's no way you're going to be back singing for a long time you're not going to be back out doing your work for a long time that it just gradually built up and it was around Christmas time when the second or third lockdown I'm not sure which one it was that it hit with a ton of bricks. And I think it hit a lot of people who suffer with depression with a ton of bricks around that time. Yeah. Because then we were hitting nearly a year and we were thinking, oh my God, this is going nowhere. This is a huge problem and a big pandemic that's killing people. And we're just small little ducks in a pond that no one's going to even... And this is what you're thinking. Mm. No one's going to care. Now, the pandemic money was fantastic. We, it's great with us, but... We still had to live, so most of my savings went, even though I was the government were good enough to give me, you know, me pandemic money. But I still had to live a decent life where you weren't just scrimping. And I mean, I do budget all the time, and anyway, because as I, I was laughing with the taxi man on the way in, and I was saying, you know, people think when you go on the X Factor and you get to where I get to, you come out a millionaire. Oh, well, I did. Rolling in it. Yeah, rolling in I it. came out with a lot of money, but I spent it. I brought my family to America. I brought my friends on holidays. I enjoyed every penny. I never had it before. Yeah, but it's all gone where the good ponies go, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. But right now, I'm in a situation where I need to get back to work. Do you and regret I need to get me enjoying it that much? No, I don't. A lot of people have said to me, "Did you not put? Why did you put some away?" Why? But you know something? I come from a working back, uh, working class background, and my mother never had a penny. We always seemed to get on. We always seemed to live. We just never had, you know, cash in the bank. And so I wasn't thinking. I was thinking like my mother would have thought, you know, let's enjoy it. I'm go- We're all going to die someday. Let's enjoy it. I wasn't thinking of a pandemic or the future. I was thinking I've got a voice. I can go out there and I can sing. I can earn a few more bob. I can keep me, me head above water. And let's, the people who supported me all the way through... And right up to this day, 20 odd, 30 odd years with my friends, my family, bring them away. Let's have a ball. Let's enjoy it. We've n- None of us ever had yeah. it. Yeah. 
So I did. And you had a ball. And I had several <laughs> balls. It was great. Um, to go back to, to, to January as well, and you said like a lot of people who had you know depression or other mental health difficulties, they found that har- the hardest point in it maybe. I won't, w- w- Was that related as well to the time of the year? I know people oh, yeah. who have depression as well like as in it, it's difficult the, the the nights have drawn in it's yeah. miserable weather it it's is horrible, grey yeah. and relentless yeah. I mean January I mean most Januarys for me since I went into X Factor would be coming down off doing a big panto and, yeah. and, and having a ball you know what I mean and, and having a few bob in the bank and you're just ready to kind of chill out for a couple of weeks because there is no work really in January very little but you know January can be a dull month for anyone regardless of depression, because mm. it seems like it's the longest month of the year. Because you're coming down from the Christmas spirit. You're coming down from, as I said, my panto, for me, panto. And a lot of artists is coming down from after having a huge three months building up to the Christmas. And then for ordinary people who, like families, mothers and fathers, who are looking forward to giving their kids a present and all that, and then the bills come in in January. So that's another thing. So yes, people who have a tendency to have any sort of anxiousness or depression January can be a hard month for them definitely and do you think now when you say you're you're coming out the other side of it and you have still have those dark days is that because you've you, you know I don't know have you been going to therapy and is it is it is it a result of that or is it just an overall sense that we we as a society are kind of coming out of covid and a little more slowly than some might like but yeah. that we are coming uh, out what no, what is it no it's it's you know how can i put it without Having ten million people ring in, say, "What's she talking about?" Blah, blah, blah. I don't mind. Um, the thing about the thing about uh, what I went through is I've gone through it a few times, but the la- as I said, the last nearly two years have been the hardest, mm. and it's been down to a, a variety of different things happening in life with the COVID and the whole lot. Uh, for me, coming out the other end, it's I just had to. I'm on medication, so I had to up my medication for starters. I had to speak to my doctor. I had to tell her the truth, the honest, good honest truth that I was feeling like somebody had kicked me several times around a football pitch and my mind was just cracking. So she then starts to talk to me. I then start to talk to me too. People might think I'm mad, but I do talk to myself in the mirror and say, you're okay. You need to get on with your life. You need to cop on and realise that you're worthy of certain things in your life. Everybody has bad days. And so I'd so I don't want to be clear. You actually do that out loud. In oh, the I do. Yeah. Every day. I have to. Yeah. Um, and I stopped doing that because I I stopped doing it while I was going through the dark moments. And I really, really <laughs> have said to myself in the mirror on numerous occasions, stop not talking to yourself in the mirror. Because it's just, I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm alive. I can walk a little. I have arthritis, which cripples me. Um, and okay, I suffer with depression. But I know the things to do to stop me from going down the dark tunnel. And sometimes I forget and I do the things that bring me down the dark tunnel. And look, I think people listening will be delighted. They're relieved as well to hear you coming out the other side of it. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, Do you feel then as a performer we're coming out the other side of it? Because it's something, you know, we talk a lot about on this show and have been over the last 48 hours as well, 24 hours in particular, should I say, Um. You know, in live entertainment and gigs getting back. What's your sense of I, that? I'm just, you know, I'm devastated at the fact that there was no dates given yesterday. And I, and the thing about it is I do understand that, you know, they have to be cautious and that we have to look after, you know, the health of the, the public and the whole lot. 
And I understand also that it's not, they're not saying to me, I can't sing. What they're saying to me is if I'm singing in a pub or a hotel or at a wedding, there are people drinking around me and they're the ones that are going to be, you know, up dancing and hugging each other and passing on COVID. But that's no good to my wallet and it's no good to my mental health and it's no good to the fact that I don't have work. I need work. And we need to have, I look, People are going to kill me for this. I'm not saying the government are brilliant because a lot of the times they get it wrong. Mm. But in this particular instance, you know, I feel sorry for them to a certain extent extent because they came into this with us unknown what we were facing. But it's about time now that they turn around and they say, right, this is what we're going to do for you. This is what we're going to do for you. And this is what we're going to do for you. And stop saying, well, we don't know. We can allow 200 into that place. We can allow 500 or 400,000 into that place. The likes of the GAA and all that people are saying, well, GAA is in the open. And I, I'm i great to see that the, the, the supporters coming back, not giving out about the GAA mm. at all. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be a big supporter. But, you know, there are places and people now know that we must keep safe. And so do the venues. And so do the artists. And the majority of people know the same thing. Yeah. So, and the government know that these big venues are willing to work with them. So give us a break and give us a time to come back Trust to work. Trust you. Please, yes. We can do it. If you're just tuning into the Hard Shoulder, Mary Byrne is with me for the Thursday interview this week. Of course, we did mention, you mentioned X Factor <laughs> and all the, the millions of quid you made and you blew after X Factor. <laughs> um, 11 years ago now. I mean, does, yeah. it, does it feel like 11 years? Feel longer, shorter? How does it, it feel? It actually just, it feels very, very shorter than, than it actually is. Uh, can I just say thank you to this young man who brought me in the coffee? God bless you, darling. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if he knows how Is that Alex? How precarious <laughs> a situation he found himself in. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it doesn't seem like we had tranquilizers out and everything there. Oh, yeah, we thought yeah. we and really thought net. he was in yeah, we really thought he was in danger from you. <laughs> Not at all. But uh yeah, it doesn't seem like eleven years ago. Uh I still can have moments where I sit and I think uh, when did that happen? Because it, they're still so vivid in my mind, the whole thing of it. And there's, then there's things that I've forgotten and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, oh God, I remember that happening. You know, so it's it's still in my mind. It'll always be in my mind. And I'm sure it'll be in a lot of other people's mind because it was one heck of a year for everyone here in Ireland as well as the likes of me on that stage. Yeah, it was because X Factor and we've seen it, it's coming to an end now and I might ask you about that in just a moment after 17 years but like really back in 2010 as well it was in its pomp so everyone watched it. It was appointment television. It everyone was. watched it um, at the weekends and to see someone Irish doing well and doing so well and getting so close to that finish line. I know. I mean the whole country got behind you. It was incredible because I, I mean, obviously I was over there, so I couldn't see what was going on. Yeah. I just got phone calls and my daughter would tell me, you know, Ma, there's busloads coming up to Ballyferma to go into Tim Young's or to go into Downey's to go in and, and watch me perform with the local people. And uh, then when it was when I get, actually had to sneak home, I wasn't well, and I had to sneak home long before the semifinals and I came through Dublin. And yeah. I'm coming through in a big black car and all I can see is posters in town over bars, over hotels. And then we arrive into Ballyfermer itself and everywhere is covered with Mary Bourne pictures. <laughs> and I'm going, oh God, I don't believe this. And I, I'll never forget it as long as I live. There was snow. We had snow that, that year. And oh, right. We had a lot of snow that yeah, year, actually. And yeah. we didn't have it in the UK. Okay. So I arrive home to this place covered in snow and the pathway in my garden was dug. And I remember going in because the doctor was coming to see me. And I said to my daughter, 
uh, Deborah. I said, did you dig that? Did you know two young lads, man? I was about, I was about came to up. Jo- make a joke about yeah, that. No, two young <laughs> lads came up the celebs and start digging the driveway. Brilliant. And my daughter said to him, what are you doing? Mary, you'll be coming home, hopefully, please God, now. And I want to make sure she doesn't slip in the path. I just thought that was... Oh, wow. It was incredible and very surreal. Because yeah. I was Mary born from Ballyferma, 50 years of age, going on 51 when I went on to the X Factor. And for everybody to take to me was just, you, you will never know, especially with people who suffer a little bit of insecurity. It's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. It really is a wonderful feeling. And it's, it's hard to think probably for people, given it is only 11 years ago, it was just before smartphones became ubiquitous. So you didn't have I had a Twitter and <laughs> Instagram and yeah. things and Facebook in your pocket. You know, if you had today, you'd know all about it. You oh, know, yeah. You'd know all about what was happening I here. I would have been able to look at everything. I mean, I remember we went, when we arrived, we got, um, oh, what was it called? Not the little Apple, not Apple. Oh, oh, I know there's a name to it. It's a fruity name. Phone we got. Orange. No, no. Apple. Was... Melon. Banana. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> the Blackberry. hamburger phone. Black- you got a Blackberry. <laughs> I oh, had no idea how to use a BlackBerry. I had a Nokia. <laughs> and the Nokia just did a phone call, a text, a phone call. That was all the Nokia did. And, that's and a bit of snake. Oh, I had snake. I used to lie in the bed. <laughs> Some nights you know, after doing a bit of practice and I'd be lying there doing the snake. But it was only a little tiny screen. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but I never used the, the, the other phone. And all the kids had the other phones. And that's when I think, I don't know whether Twitter was around then or whatever. Yeah, I'm not but sure. But they were online and, and the born. kids were getting abuse online and I'm on the other side, my little Nokia going, uh, why am I <laughs> Why is no one abusing me? <laughs> Nobody's abusing me. But I was glad because there was a lot of people abusing me but I didn't I didn't want to know about it. But yet, no, I have to say, and I would have known a lot about it if, as you said, if we had, a, if I had been more involved with media as I am now. When I say now, I'm still very uh, illiterate when it comes to working computers and stuff. But I enjoyed every moment of it and it was the best year ever. And I have to say, then, I think then, Simon should have kind of brought it down. Oh, really? I do. I do because it it had such a huge audience that year that he should have said, right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to rethink this, bring it back. What did we do good on that year that brought us in that quantity? And let's see if we can do it again in, say, two years' time. And I think it would have worked better. But I miss it. I miss it. We're coming into the autumn. Yeah. And I want to sit and watch. You know, people think, oh, well, what about all these poor people they make a fool out of? You've got to be there to see. There's nobody making a fool out of these people. Mm. Not in my eyes. I did. I never seen anybody make a fool out of them. They were treated very well. And they were also told that they didn't want to go on. They didn't have to go on. These people actually believe and They had family telling them that they were good. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's still right. But the rest of the show was an entertainment show and I loved every moment of it. Are you glad you were on it before you would have had an iPhone or something in your pocket? I am. I am. Seriously, I am. Because I do remember Cheryl Lloyd getting a very bad... She was getting loads of good um, texts and I didn't know what they were on. So I'm sitting on the bus and she's like, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that. And I said, what, what, what? So she up and tells me and I said, and I'm any other... It's a loads of them. No, there's only one. And she said, the rest is all good. I said, well then... We just take the bad one, and now it's very easy to say. When it's you're, easy. It's hard to do it. It is though, hard isn't to it? do it. You, you, but I said it's human her, nature to look for that is, bad one. It is. But I said to her, take the bad one, and you can hang on to it if you want to, but continue to look at the good ones. I said and stop getting upset. And I, I was then I realised I don't want this. I don't want to have that on the phone. Look at me. I had enough stress on my head. I was missing my daughter. I was loving every moment of the show, but I was still tired. I was fifty-one. These were all kids around me. 
and they were all brilliant to me. But no, I, I, I'm so glad I had a Nokia then. Would you still be in contact? With, are you in a WhatsApp group? X no, I'm not. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not. I've been talking to uh, Wagner. I've been talking to Katie Weasel. You remember Katie Weasel? Yeah. She killed me if I call her Weasel. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Matt Cardle. Um, I talked to Harry Styles now long before he became up there. <laughs> oh, and, really? Uh, and the same no, with Niall. He's too busy now, Yeah, they're far too busy now. Fair play to them. Uh, you know what? They deserve every bit of it. They were the best boys. Were they nice boys. kids, yeah? Uh, from, from, you know, from Niall right down to Harry and in between. They were, they had so much manners. They were very good to me and very good to everybody else in the house. If, if someone was crying in the house, the lads were there. They were either messing or playing a guitar, pretending they were, you know, singing us a sad song. Come on, cheer up. Yeah, you know, Harry Styles would moon you. It was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, does nothing replace X the voice or any of them? I love the voice. Oh, you do? And only because Tom Jones is on it. Oh, really? <laughs> No, I like the voice. I tell you, I'm will. Well, I am. I love. I love the voice, and then Ollie as well. But I, I love the idea of the voice. I mean, does it work like what they're saying it does? I don't know. Mm. And does anything big come out of it? I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody. That's something that has changed since you were on it. The the these shows, isn't it? That they're more now about the show. Yes, as it's more opposed about the entertainment. to finding the act who's going to be big. Like yeah. you know, you, you were obviously huge. Uh, coming out of us here, One Direction you mentioned, like uh, th- th- there was huge acts early on in there these was. shows. And the gas thing about uh, 2010 was, I think we were all mismatched. I mean, there wasn't like if you watch all the shows after that, there was people wanting to do Whitney Houston, and the the you know they were all trying to be somebody they weren't. We went on as ourselves and just tried to see could we get anywhere. I mean. I loved Shirley Bassey and Tom Jones songs, so when I got one of them, I really gave it. A, but I didn't sound like Shirley Bassey. And I didn't sound like Tom Jones. I sounded like me, which I think drew a lot of people to me. Saying she's not trying to be Shirley Bassey. She's not trying. She's just singing their songs and she's doing a good job. And I think everyone. I mean Wagner. I mean God forgive me, Wagner. <laughs> I, and I had more mm, arguments with Wagner over him thinking, you know, that I'm being given these songs and I can't sing. I'm saying Wagner to myself. <clears throat> you have a good old voice, but you're not the best. Now. No, Come on. No. Give us a break. But he's a nice guy. Yeah. And he's making a, a flipping living over in England by wishing happy birthdays. So I decided to go on to Cameo and do the same myself. Also, I can get, get you to wish someone a happy you birthday. You can. And just cameo. cost you. Cost me a few bob. <laughs> do not give it to me for free now. Come on. I'll, I'll give it to you. No, uh, I no, I wouldn't. No, no. The people, now the people out there are going to say, no, well, well, give it to him for yeah, free. Yeah, exactly. Give it to me for free. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so are you happy then with where... The career is at at the moment. And, sorry, at the moment. Let's set aside COVID. Let's fast forward 12 months and you're right. back doing what you were doing in 2019. So you're doing your own touring, you're building up to Christmas, you've got the panto, you've got a quiet period and then it all kicks off again. I love it because yeah. I'm, I, I'm at an age as well where when I went into the X Factor, I, I didn't think I was going to become a big pop star. You know, I wasn't that naive or childish. I just, first of all, I never thought I'd get through to where I got to. And the fact that I wanted was the judges to say, you can sing, because I never had confidence in myself. So to have Simon Kell say, I think you were the best, you know, in Dublin today, was, was just, if I'd have went after that, they could have just shot me then. I would have been a happy woman. Yeah. Because then all of the people who used to say I was a good singer were being vindicated, saying, yes, we've told you this, we've told you this, you know. So my career, really what I wanted was another platform, just to see how far I could go. And it has just gone way beyond my expectations to actually be given the career I have. And I can pick and I can choose what I want to do. I could have said in the UK, they asked me to stay in the UK 
I could have made a hell of a lot of money in the UK. Yeah. There were so many venues there who wanted me. They wanted me to do this, do that. I missed my daughter too much. I missed my friends and I missed my family. And I missed Ireland. I, so I'd go on a holiday. I'd spend months away on a holiday. But there's nothing like coming home to your own land and going into your own house. And that's what I missed. Yeah. I'd be like you, you know? Mary. Yeah. I'd, I'd be a home bird as well, eventually, <laughs> at the end of it all. Listen, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Pleasure's and all th- mine. Thanks, thanks a million for coming in. Mary Byrne, who's my guest this week on the Thursday interview. <laughs>